Welcome to the Elk Talk Podcast with Randy Newberg and Corey Jacobson. Presented by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. The goal is what little you and I know about elk hunting, we share with people. I've got an elk building, it's like 120 yards away, what do I do? First off, the thought would never cross my mind when an elk being 120 yards away to call anybody <laughs> on a cell phone. <laughs> All elk. All the time. Only elk. Only elk. Well, it's us having conversations. So we usually go down some rabbit holes. But if you hunt with Corey Jacobson, you will find the landscape is full of rabbit holes. We're just going to make this up as we go. And you look at it like, oh, that's a target-rich environment. But if you're trying to single one out, a solo target there is much easier to go into than a, a big group. We record everything, so there's no BS and no lying, no faking it with us. <laughs> Did we hit the record I button? I forgot to hit the record <laughs> button. If you want to know something about elk hunting, this probably isn't the podcast to listen to. <laughs> Should we give them a list of all the other podcasts wow. where they might learn something? <laughs> The Elk Talk Podcast is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, ensuring the future of elk, other wildlife, their habitat, and our hunting heritage. To become a member, go to rmef.org. And the podcast is also brought to you by OnX Maps. And with OnX Maps, you can know where you stand with the most accurate hunting GPS tech on the market with land ownership maps that work offline. Go to onxmaps.com and use promo code ELKTALK and you're going to save 20% when you sign up for an app membership at onxmaps.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Gerber. Uh, go to gerbergear.com and learn about the knives, the vital, the big game vital, the Gator Premium, all the things that we use when we're out in the woods and not just knives, but also some really cool multi-tools that they have. And we have a promo code for Gerber as well. Just use the code ELKTALK to save 20% on your orders at gerbergear.com. And we are also brought to you by Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls. And Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls is the original designer and inventor of the pallet plate diaphragm that's completely changed the way elk calls are made and used. And to find out more and to order your elk calls, go to RockyMountainHuntingCalls.com or buglingbull.com and use promo code ELKTALK and you're going to save 15% on all of your elk calls and elk call accessories. The Elk Talk podcast is also brought to you by GoHunt.com. Uh, go to GoHunt.com and sign up for the Insider. The Insider is changing how hunts and hunting information are found. No doubt about that. Use promo code ELKTALK and when you do, when you sign up for the Insider, you're going to get $50 of store credit, mad money, in their gear shop. Lastly, the University of Elk Hunting online course is a proud partner of the Elk Talk podcast. And within the University of Elk Hunting online course, you're going to find nearly 60 chapters organized in 17 modules of elk hunting instruction aimed at making you a more successful elk hunter. From planning and e-scouting to calling strategies and packing, every imaginable elk hunting topic is included in the online course. And regardless of your previous elk hunting experience or success, I'm confident the University of Elk Hunting online course will make you a more confident, more successful elk hunter. Just visit elk101.com and use the promo code ELKTALK to save 20% when you sign up for a membership to the University of Elk Hunting online course. And with that, Corey... 
we are ready to get into it. Let's jump into it. Hey, Corey, you know what time it is? Uh, my clock says 9, 12 a.m. Yeah, 9, 12 a.m. on March 1st, which means you have 17 days left to get your New Mexico elk applications in. <laughs> I knew you were reaching for more than just the time. I, I didn't feel I was didn't feel I was that late getting on the phone call with you here. So actually, I just lied. I looked at my calendar. It's March second, so you it's only March second. Yeah. <laughs> really, I'm trying to mess you up so that you don't compete with me for a tag down there this year. <laughs> but, well, I don't know if we need to rehash our previous experience hunting together in New Mexico, but you know. I, uh, Ever since that 2016 hunt, I've never been able to convince you to apply with me as a party again in New Mexico. <laughs> I can take a hint. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's all you know. My calendar is just really full, and it's uh, what other excuses can I throw out there without having to say that was a really really rough hunt. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to have to bribe you is what you're saying. So I'm going to have to pay your $65 upfront license, non-refundable. I'm going to have to pay for your $9 of non-refundable stamps. And then I'm going to have to pay at least front your 700 and whatever it is, $63 license fee. Would, would that convince you? Are you bribing me or is this an well, offer? This is flat out just a bribe right here. Where it does, okay. I mean, this is like Chicago-style politics here, Corey. We don't hide this. Stuff. This is a bribe, okay? Uh, can, can I pick what units we don't apply for or at least one unit no, we don't apply no, for? No, no. If I'm fronting the money, I get to pick the units. No, if you want to jump All in right. with your own money, I'll let you pick the units. Because <laughs> obviously <laughs> – my pick of units last time was not anything that's going to get the folks excited. No, it's it's not. And honestly, just to give you a little bit of credit, that was the roughest year I think New Mexico's probably ever seen for a late archery hunt or for the, the second yeah. archery season. So that I don't blame you at all. The unit was okay. good. There were elk there. It was just the season was was not conducive to the style of hunting that we went there to experiment with. Yeah. So you're saying I get a mulligan? <laughs> well, I'm just, since you offered to pay for me to apply with you, I certainly can't say anything bad about you. Well, listeners are going to wonder if I'm going to offer to pay for theirs also. Well, I was just going to say, if I said something bad at this point, people would be looking at me like, man, you have an opportunity to hunt with Randy Newberg and he's willing to front the money on this and you're still saying bad things about him? That's that's a reflection on my character that I probably can't afford. <laughs> uh, well, since this uh, episode is about applications in uh, New Mexico, I guess we could maybe make our own real-life example out of it, huh? I was going to say, I think you just covered about half of it right there in your bride to me as far as the upfront costs and the license costs. And yeah, well, there's, uh, we're going to focus strictly on elk, but if you do apply in New Mexico and you buy the $65 license and your budget allows, you may as well front all the costs for everything else that interests you too, like antelope and deer and they got all kinds of exotics, but back to our, remember the podcast we did a few episodes ago about the thousand dollar pool of money someone has? Yep. Well, it's we kind harder, of told them. Harder and harder to find one place to spend that. Yeah. But we kind of told them that New Mexico would be on that map. So yep. between your, uh, if you apply, so there's two, 
maybe I should, before we get too far, unlike <laughs> most states, the deadline in New Mexico is March 18th, but not midnight on March 18th, 5 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. So don't go after work on the 18th and say, oh, I'm going to jump on and apply here. You'd be too late. So Now, Randy, and I'm certainly not questioning you on any of this information, but I just jumped out on Go Hunt and in Insider, it has mm-hmm. the application deadline listed as March 20th. Really? Was that yeah. for this year or last year? Well, it doesn't give 2019 or 2020. Uh, it's just under the state rules and regs on Insider mm-hmm. for New Mexico. So I'm just looking. I know they have a list. But last, year it was, last year it was the 20th. Okay, maybe it just hasn't been updated. I just was going to jump in. I know they've got they've got state by state, and then they've got the general stuff. Yeah, I'm just looking at the New Mexico uh, regulation booklet, which yeah. I always tell people, even though we're buried always deep into the insider at Gohan. Um, also print off the regulations. It's, it's just something you should have in your possession, be reading, uh, paying attention to, um, uh, now you have me wondering, Corey, you're good. You're good. I actually, I looked on there, uh, they've got their table on the, in the sidebar and it has confirmed dates on it. And it is confirmed March 18th, 2020 for New Mexico, all species application deadlines. So, March 18th, 2020? March 18th, yep. Okay. Because I know they had that when they came out this spring. They said they had the piece that talked about the general dates uh, to be confirmed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yep. Um, and that's what this that They have a placeholder on the New Mexico site that is just a general date that has uh, not been confirmed. So, yep, 18th. Okay. See, All right. And like I said, I wasn't questioning you. I just was. Well, we don't want to give people some information, but if I'm going to be wrong, I'd rather be wrong by giving them a date too early rather than a date too exactly. late. Exactly. <laughs> really, this, that, that could be, I, maybe I'm going to have to use the tactic I use with my camera guys, where if I want to be rolling at six in the morning, I tell them 530. Wow. You're, you're generous. With our really? camera guy, we have to tell him, yeah, we're, we need to be ready at 4.30. Uh, <laughs> so, I am totally kidding about that. But I have hunted with people that a half hour is not enough lead time and not enough buffer to yeah. to get out in the field. I've hunted with them also one morning. Yep. Back to this $1,000 pool of money. We said that someone was going to apply in Arizona and they're going to buy their non-refundable Arizona license and buy a point, blah, blah, blah. Did your credit card get hit in Arizona this weekend? I didn't apply for Arizona this year. I just, I just bought a point. Bought a point. I didn't okay. actually. I applied. Our buddy Bo with the llamas, he applied. Marcus applied. Michael applied. Dale applied. Matthew applied. Larry applied. We didn't get a hit. So we're out of luck. I know. But in New Mexico, you got to front the money. So you got to buy the $65 license, and then there's these stamps, habitat management stamp, the four bucks you have to buy, and then the habitat stamp. So why they call one habitat management 
and access validation and the next one habitat stamp they sound too similar to me it sounds like that would be grounds for a defense if you messed up and didn't buy one of them but yeah. um, so i can't they just charge 74 dollars for a hunting license and do their own accounting on their back end and not bother us with a whole bunch just say it's 74 dollars. we're going to take nine out and use it for whatever we want to here for habitat management and stamp and yeah instead they confuse us and yeah so uh, new mexico you got to front the money so you're either going to front the standard license cost of 548 dollars, or you're going to front the what they call q or hd which is quality or high demand uh for 773 dollars. so in the worst of all cases you're going to front 847 dollars. i think it is uh to yep. new mexico and you're going to get everything back other than your $65 license and your stamps and some application fee. I can't, I think it's 13 bucks or something that's included in that 773. So they only do online applications. So go to the New Mexico Game and Fish website. And if you want the actual URL, who's going to write this down? Online sales.wildlife.state.nm.us forward slash. Just Google. Or just go or just go to our friend Google and type in New Mexico fishing game and you'll get yeah. there. All right. So but uh so the they give you way more choices than are relevant or important. Uh they give you up to five choices, but they only look at the first three. The last two are I think one is do you want to participate in a game damage hunt? And then the fifth one is do you want any leftovers or something like that? I I can't remember what it is, but there what people need to understand is look at your first three choices because they look at your first first three choices before they go on to the next person. So Yep. And if I remember right, you and I drew our third choice hunt, if I remember yeah. correctly. I know it wasn't our first choice hunt, so right. it's, it is important to put down three hunts. And, and like you always say, put them down in order of priority. Put the hardest to draw one first because you don't want to put a you know an antlerless hunt or something down as your first choice when you get drawn first and then miss out on a chance to hunt the best unit in New Mexico for a bull simply because you ordered your hunts wrong on your application. Yeah. So I always, my first choice is swing for the fences. So you can bet that that's going to be, I, I look at go hunt and say, what are the worst odds of any hunt? That's my first choice. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I mean, pretty close to that because I know that unit 16D, which is if you draw 16D, lucky you, uh, those are the worst odds in the state. But it's a great hunt. So I usually put that as my first choice. And then by the time I get to my third choice, instead of something that is less than 1%, I try to find, is there one that's greater than 10%? And that's what I put as my third choice. So, And that's the one we drew last time. Mm-hmm. Actually, the last one we drew, there were, I believe, like 110 non-resident applications, and we drew two of the, I think there were four, three or four non-resident tags. Uh, I think there were six. Was there so six? We drew, yeah, we drew two of the six. So Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know how we pulled that off. I haven't drawn since then. 
So well, that's, that's the only time I've ever applied for New Mexico. And <clears throat> you're you're uh, you're my luck charm in New Mexico. That's so that's why I'm trying to bribe you into into <laughs> applying with me. But uh, the beauty of New Mexico is you can jump in or jump out depending on what works for you that year. Because yeah. there's no system, there's no penalty for being out of the system for a year. Like in yep. in other states, besides you guys in in Idaho and New Mexico have it figured out. You've been able to I stiff arm so. these point system. And yep. now yep. that these point systems have been in place for 30 years in a lot of states, we're now starting to realize what a fallacy they are. They're they're not going to solve anything really. No, but no. And the beauty of New Mexico versus versus Idaho is Idaho charges you like $160 for the non-refundable license uh, to apply. The good news with Idaho is if you don't draw, you can just pick up an over-the-counter tag and come and hunt. Whereas New Mexico, you're kind of, your license isn't quite as valuable to you if you don't draw. Yeah. So the, kind of the way the split works because neither you or I happen to be residents of New Mexico. They give 84% of all special draw tags to New Mexico residents plus all the cow tags. So uh, then there's another 6% that go in an outfitter pool that either residents or non-residents can go with an outfitter and I guess when you go in, you type in the outfitter's number. They give each outfitter just signed a number or something. And that puts yeah. you in that drawing for that 6% of tags or 10% of tags. Did I say six? You did. Oh, I'm sorry. So 84% to residents, 10% to outfitted clients, whether resident or non resident. And then 6% to non guided non residents. So you and I are in that pool of, okay, there's 6% of the tags allocated to whatever pool we apply for. So yep. that's a pretty narrow window of opportunity there. It is. So just to confirm something you said, non-residents cannot apply for any antlerless elk tags. Correct. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. The, the cow tags are all allocated to residents. Gotcha. So, yeah, I, that changed, I think five or six years ago is when that changed something like that. But so how it works is you put in whether with you or a party. And if there's not enough, let's say you put in as a party of three and there's only one tag left when your number gets pulled too bad for you. They go and look at your next choice and see if there's three tags for that hunt code and da-da-da. So that's uh, one of the downsides of doing party applications in New Mexico is you better make sure that that 6% number already cuts the pie really slim. And if there's not very many tags, let's say it's a a hunt code that only has 50 tags, well, 6% of that is three that means there's only three non-resident tags that are in the non-guided pool. You're probably not well served to do that as a party application. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, last year we were on a hunt down there with my uncle Mike, uh, and they have this new thing in 
uh, New Mexico, and they're doing it in Montana this year. Also, somewhat similar to it. They have a thing called the e tag, like electronic <laughs> tag, that you can click the box. Don't do that, folks. Uncle Mike did that last year, and it's a pain in the butt. It's it's a bigger pain in the butt than having a printed carcass tag. So. And there's a lot of states that are doing that. I know Oregon has the option to go uh, with an e-tag, like you mentioned, Montana. Starting yeah. to see a lot of states doing that, and I just, you know, it's like anything with change. It's hard to accept, but then just looking at it, it's. I think it uh, it opens yeah. the opportunity for more mistakes and yeah. potential problems. Well, the interesting part is that when you do an e-tag, you still have to write your e-tag validation on another. <laughs> item like a piece of ribbon or a big piece of paper you got to write your e-tag validation number on all of it so (laughs) we're out there in the middle of nowhere and searching for a sharpie and something to write on to put one of those tags with the antler and one of those handwritten things with the meat it's like you know what i'm never doing mike if you ever do this e-tag thing again you know we're not going to be friends anymore <laughs> uh, but so uh if you're under 18 you got to have hunter ed in new mexico uh, what is it do you know what it is in idaho do you have to have hunter hunter ed by a certain if you're born after a certain date you do uh, i believe it's sometime before when i was born so yeah. i think it was in the 60s early 70s something hey, like that if you're hey, hey, hey 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 <laughs> you didn't you didn't have to even you didn't have to throw yourself in that pool i didn't i certainly didn't say that about you well i'm here to defend the gray-haired crowd so (laughs) Uh, yeah so uh, idaho is uh you have to have a hunting license if you're age 10 or older uh with a couple of exceptions which we can talk about in more detail when we talk about idaho but for New Mexico, they don't have a minimum age to hunt. Nope. You just I have don't. to have a hunter's ed yeah. uh, certificate and yeah. be with an adult. Yep. And that's for anyone under 18. If you have hunter ed, you can go out elk hunting when you're six years old if you can pass hunter ed. So, yep. So, uh, that's, uh, I mean, New Mexico without having some elaborate point scheme. To me, it's a pretty easy gig. Use your three choices. Use them judiciously and understand that there's going to be uh, a small piece of the pie for us to apply for. But the odds of uh, the, the bad odds are hunt uh, accepted from that. <laughs> the bad odds are usually worth the the hunt in other words uh, if you do draw usually you're going to have a good experience don't listen to anything Corey said i, I took him to the worst place i could find at the worst time of the year so. and that was probably on purpose i've since learned yeah that, i think that was the hunt that i actually put a rock in your backpack it was i know there. After you did that, that was, like, that was early yeah. in the. I was gonna say that was early in the hunt too. I yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't know. I was walking around the woods with some high frequency horn going off, something that you couldn't hear. My <laughs> put the rock in my pack. One thing that <laughs> come up in the last couple of years for the archery hunters, 
Um, New Mexico is kind of following Arizona's lead on this in that they are doing some later uh, archery elk hunts in December, bull bull elk hunts in December. Hmm. So uh, this year, some of them are December 12th through the 16th. Some of them are December 19th through the 23rd. And some are December 5th through the 9th. And wow. these are, most of them, I, I looked them up. Most of them are, you got to shoot six point or better on one side. But the draw odds in the last few years have been close to 100%, even in the non-resident pool. So if spot and stock is your thing, uh, and it's on some of the, these hunts are in some of their best elk units, uh, might be worth looking into. Yeah. Uh, somebody wants to do that. That's interesting. But the normal season structure is that they have their archery seasons are in September. The early archery is always September 1st through the 14th. Second archery is September 15th through the 24th. That's, that's pretty standard across all their units. Um, and then they, when they host their muzzleloader and rifle seasons, uh, I guess we could lump, can you lump that together as firearms? Can, rifle you ask me if you can? I, I'm okay if you do, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so those <laughs> happen anywhere starting from like the second Saturday in October. And they're all five-day hunts, and then they stagger them. They give them, usually give a few days off, and then the next hunt starts. And a few days off, then the next hunt starts. Um, <clears throat> some units have a muzzleloader season followed by two rifle seasons. Some units have a mobility-impaired season followed by two rifle seasons. Some have a youth season followed by two firearm seasons. Um so just got to look at the regulations or go out to go hunt. They have it all listed out there. Um, and it'll, it'll show you what those calendar dates are of whatever works for you. And you can mix and match the whole thing. So if you want to do a late September archery hunt as your first choice and a rifle hunt as your second and a muzzleloader as your third, you can mix and match across season types, across weapon types, across unit types with your first three applications so that's kind of what i do i i don't know i'm gonna have to figure out how to bribe you so that i can draw new mexico again <laughs> well i i was hoping you'd go down there and hunt one of those late archery hunts and okay. then uh let me know how good it is all right so you want me to go in and change my application then are you able to do that in new mexico you know that's a good question i've never tried to do that uh, <laughs> I could make up an answer here, but I know it'd be wrong. I got a 50 50 chance. Let me, uh, I, just, I was just scrolling through Go Hunt here to see if there was any, uh, any information, weapon. Oh, returning tags, transferring tags. Yeah, they don't say anything about yeah, modifying I, I, your I might get a big warning. When you say purchase, it says, are you sure? Kind of something like that. <laughs> like, hey, knucklehead, if you want to, if your buddy Corey talks you into a late archery hunt in December, don't be applying for these other archery and rifle hunts. 
because <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But the beauty of New Mexico is lots of public land, good age class elk. And, you know, they, they've got an interesting approach to how they provide opportunity, but yet maintain some age class is yeah. they, they have shorter season dates. So like if you buy a general tag in Idaho, you can hunt most of September archery, right? And then, you, you know, go. it really depends. It's, it's all over the board, but yeah, for the most part, if you get a, an archery specific tag, an A tag in Idaho, you usually can hunt the entire month of September and then you'll get some additional opportunity, either a late muzzleloader or a late archery, or even a, you know, a spike rifle hunt in October, you know, you get, you, it's usually not strictly specific to a weapon, but uh, it's very it's not as liberal as Montana, but I think it's probably about next in line when it comes to opportunity and days in the field. Yeah. Like Montana, we get six weeks of archery and five weeks of rifle. So New Mexico says, no, we want to get more people in the field, but they're going to have their short season windows. So they do that. And then the seasons where they put the most hunters in the field are the second rifle seasons where it's the elk are already spooked. They're already in that post rut behavior. And that's the hardest time to kill one. So they can have more people in the field. But even at that, the season five days for an elk hunt, you know, that's really a roll of the dice. Yeah. uh, I'm kind of spoiled thinking, Oh, I don't have to just pick my little window here among five days and make it work. I get to just, go and uh so that's kind of the approach that new mexico has to how they do their elk hunts is let's do shorter seasons but more of them that way we can get more people in the field and we can protect the herd numbers and the age class so yep if you go to go hunt you will see a lot of the hunts for the self-guided non-resident have draw odds of less than five percent though (laughs) <laughs> which puts you in that hd category of the more expensive tag yeah yeah but there are some where the odds are significantly better than five percent and uh i've i always put one of those on my list yep uh, <clears throat> given my track record it doesn't mean that you're gonna draw i used to be on a roll in new mexico now i'm just like dang, what am I going to have to do? And I, I always joke, I guess I'm going to have to slip some cash in the envelope, but <laughs> I don't, I don't mail in an envelope anymore. So. Uh, that old this, have, you ever, have you ever yeah. tried that? Because you yeah. mentioned it a lot, but I'd love, to, I'd love to see the letter you get sent back for trying uh, that. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to see the look on my wife's face when she signed it. <laughs> Uh, but i think that covers new mexico i know this is kind of a bonus podcast Uh, doesn't take a whole lot of effort to think about new mexico because it's pretty simple without a point system and just make utilization of those three three choices and uh that's to me anyhow that's the stuff you got to worry about and oh don't forget the date of uh 
March 18th, 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Yep. And I always look at New Mexico kind of, you know, it's one of those bonus states that I have my main strategy to apply in my primary two or three states. But then on years where it's like, okay, we don't, you know, I'm not going to draw a tag in Arizona. I'm not ready to draw a tag in Wyoming or whatever it is. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll throw into New Mexico this year. And it's so nice because like you mentioned earlier, you can jump in and out of that and kind of use it as a filler state and you've got the same chance as everybody else. So it's, you know, it's not one that I put in for every year, but it, uh, it's on the list. And with you offering to pay for it, I, man, hey. I'd, I'd, be a, hey. I'd be a fool not to take you up on that. Mad money, you know, I just <laughs> put it on the credit card, right? And right. <laughs> uh, my wife sees the credit card come in every month. She's like, you're paying this off, aren't you? I'm like, honey, you know me. I'm a tightwad accountant. I don't pay anybody interest. I pay it off every month. Just calm down. But then <laughs> when she looks at all the air miles and other things we get, those are hers. But I got to pay it off. All the all the miles come from my activity, but the points are hers. <laughs> kind of like the old, you, your money is ours, my money is mine, kind of thing. We yeah, don't. Have and that I'm sure that, I'm sure her the look on her face when you question her on that is probably priceless yeah. as well. Yeah, that's you don't question it until it's just you and the dog standing there. <laughs> but I think the dog goes and calls on me every once in a while. <clears throat> but. We, we better not make this a marriage advice podcast. Uh, I was going to say, that's, that's all I'm going to say on that. We're drifting towards that side of the road. So uh, why don't we just make sure that people know if you go out to the Go Hunt Insider and use uh, promo code ELKTALK, you're going to save $50 because you're going to get a yeah. gift card for $50 of mad money in their gear shop. And be able to look at all the odd. And a state like New Mexico, for me, I get really excited when I start looking at go hunt because you can filter by the draw odds. So if you want yeah. the hardest to draw hunts, you can put, I want all hunts that are 1% for archery, filter it down, you know, public land, all of that on there and be able to dial in exactly what hunts are available. And, you know, you can look at harvest rates, success rates, all of that. And uh, that's where Go Hunt really, really shines for me. But Corey, I used to spend two hours every morning going through my spreadsheets and all my old clipped out magazine articles. You're telling me that I'm a Luddite? Yep. I'm, I, I'm no longer, that that's all obsolete? I would say, yeah, it, there's no need for it. Oh, dang. You know what? It, <laughs> If I save all that time I used to spend, that means I can do more tax returns. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't have. That wouldn't have been the top thing on my list. <laughs> and save time working on, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I had to work all weekend down at the CPA firm. I thought about hiring them to do my own tax return. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my wife wants them to do my the our tax return because every time I bring it home and she's like, "What do you mean we owe money?" I'm like, well, I'm not gonna tell you, honey. So she probably wants a new husband, not just for a better tax accountant, but for a lot of other reasons too. I'm sure at this point. But uh, so, all right, let's wrap this up okay. before I go into the marriage advice part of it. But uh, yep. 
I think we've pretty much covered New Mexico. It's not that difficult. It's just a matter of if you want to go there and throw your name in the hat, you got to front some money. Absolutely. Is that it? I think right. so. I'll, I'll be sitting by my phone waiting for your call to say, all right, you talked me into it, Randy. You're going to front all I this. I'm, I'm in. I'm in this. I bet we get, I bet we get some comments from some listeners asking if you'll front their money, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. You might, you might open a can of worms here. Yeah. First bank of Newburgh here. <laughs> I don't don't anyone get any ideas. If they looked at my checking account, I'm going to be lucky. I'll, I'll be lucky if my check doesn't bounce when I send it in for my $20 Montana out tag. So, <laughs> no. I'm sure no one's okay. going to feel sorry for Randy Newberg. I don't think so. All right. Yep. We're good. So uh, well, there you have it, folks. New Mexico. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And uh, stay tuned. We've got, uh, we've got some more non-state application topic-related uh, episodes coming here so those will be good yeah you you've have you sorted that list have i what i have you sorted the list of upcoming topics yeah i think we've got uh we've got what mapping i think is a uh, one that people have been mm-hmm. kind of between i think yeah. our our social media platforms and then the emails that we're getting mapping and you know i think specific questions about mapping, what to look for on maps, what kind of mapping do you use in the field, what do you use for e-scouting, things like that. So I think that'll probably be uh, on the short list. And Well, I, w- I wanted to get into what flavor of tag soup we're going to have. <laughs> so we'll save that for another podcast. You're not you're not being inspirational on that. That's uh, I, I'm just being realistic, tag, Corey. Everyone tag, thinks tag that. Soup. Yeah, that's not a topic to talk about, tag soup. That's nobody talks about tag soup. We do here. We <laughs> talk a lot about tag soup. <laughs> but we'll save that for another podcast. Sounds good. Thanks, folks. Yep. Thanks. Catch you on the next one.